Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements. Featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. This podcast is a Royfield Brown production. Find others on iTunes. All right. Yeah, I know. This is Dumpty Dum, sponsored by managers. This is Dum Dee Dum, a podcast about the archers and the goings on of Ambridge. Sporting our helmet hair, it's P&Q here, Philippa Hall. And Quentin Rayner. Plus a bunch of people who don't know if they're upside down or playing netball. You lot are lovely Dum Dee Dummers. This week's Dum Dee Dum, again, is from the wonderful Paul family in New York. And on this week's podcast, we hear calls from Bill, Mia, Glyn, Claire, Witherspoon, Catherine and Matthew, plus a text from Purple Pumpkin. And of course, an email from Anon of Ambridge. Marvellous. I cannot wait for that, Philippa. I cannot wait. (laughs) I'm sure. Uh, Now, before we move on, last week, you blew a trumpet, didn't you? But it sounds like Dumpty Dum might need a, a brass section soon, Philippa. Yes. Last week, I was joyful about the fact that we got to be number 13 in the episode charts for our category. Well, this week, we were number 10. So it gets better and better. Where will it end? Top 10. Top 10. Mm. I can hear the uh, the pop pickers music already, can't you? Yes, um, I was very excited about that. Well done. So what would boost us even more, Philippa? I think some decent reviews, don't you? Oh, that would really help because it just boosts the profile and so other people can find out about the podcast. So, yes, some nice reviews would be wonderful. On on the Apple podcast site, yeah? Yes, that's particularly the one. And actually, most of our listeners, about 80% of our listeners, um, come via the Apple podcast app. So if it's possible to put a review on there or however you're listening, that would be great. It's just, it's all part of the community here. And so the the more, the merrier. Yeah. But speaking of more, the merrier, Quentin, next week you're on your Hollybobs. Uh, but we've got Jackie Lai, who plays Joy, joining me, which I'm very excited and about. that is no lie, is it? Uh, oh, very good. Sorry. So if anyone has questions for Jackie, 
please do call in using SpeakPipe and WhatsApp as normal uh, because it'd be great to include as many as possible, plus your usual dum-de-dum calls about the week. We will be recording at 12 noon on Sunday, Jackie and I, um, so I would appreciate it if the calls can come in as early in the week <laughs> as possible just to calm my fevered brow. Um, but listen out a little bit later on how to get in touch. So that's something I'm I'm excited about. But in the meantime, Quentin, what have you been up to? Since last we met, well, my highlight was uh, we went, my wife and I, to the Cherry Orchard at the Theatre Royal in, in Windsor last week. And um, we we were on stage because they had seats on stage. About 60 of us were sitting on stage. So the actors were right there in front of us. And they were wow. so close. I'm not kidding you, Philip, that I could have reached out and pinched Sir Ian McKellen's bottom. Oh, wow. Well, not obviously I'm not suggesting that's a wow thing, but... Well, it would have been, wouldn't yeah. it? Yeah. But, you know, you get these mad thoughts in your head thinking, I could just pinch his bottom now, couldn't I? Um, Quentin, only you. Yeah. <laughs> that does not enter my head. <laughs> oh, could I just pinch Sir Ian McKellen's bottom? No, that's not a thought. But you do have to pinch yourself. There's famous people are in front of you. I, I, yes. It was a... A thrill for both my wife and I, because she's got a, a crush on Martin Shaw from The Professionals. Remember him and um, uh, yeah. Judge John Deed and all that. Yeah. So she was all fluttery with him uh, in front of her. And I was all fluttery because my teenage crush, Francesca Annis, was also in it. And I have to say, Francesca Annis at 76 is is stunning, absolutely stunning. She gave a great performance as well. So, yep, that was uh, that was my highlight. How about you, Philippa? Uh, well, my highlight has been a bit of a, a medical revelation. I've been getting, sorry about this, but I've been getting these awful headaches. And someone said to me a week ago, where where does it hurt in your head? And I said, it's all in my eyeball. And they said, oh, that's probably your neck. And I've had it investigated. It And it seems I had whiplash from when I had my fainting moment, when I face planted the floor. And um, yes, oh. I've, I've had it manipulated. And I'm a new woman. You're a new woman. You can... You, you can see clearly now, can you? Well, it turns out my head was sticking out <laughs> the wrong way. So God, might have might have caused the the odds uh, pain or two. So yes, right. there's no stopping me now. So who knows what I'm going to be like this week, Quentin? But uh, yeah, so, pain free. Therefore, proving once again, do not stay in a hot tub for too long, right? Yeah, follow instructions. Don't stay in hot tubs for too long. Don't run upstairs, and don't think you're invincible. Yes. Okay, right. So, life lesson. So yes, that's my life lesson. First of all, we'll, well see I'm, what glad, I'm glad everything. I'm glad everything is where it should be now, Philippa. That's it really... is. Yes, no sticky out neck anymore. So, <laughs> so, so that's all good. Uh, but Quentin, <laughs> more importantly, what's been making Joy's net curtains twitch this week? Well, everyone's been changing their minds, haven't they, Philippa? <laughs> Br- Brian ain't selling home farm anymore. Jazza mm. was selling his bike and then wasn't. Chelsea was into biking and then decided it was for vicars in dog collars and leathers, while we all began to change our minds about Martin Gibson. Operation Dessert Storm ramped up with too many puddings on offer (laughs) for the harvest supper. Ruth begged villagers to whip up a starter or remain instead. Lillian snapped that she wished the village had more faith in her and refused to budge on the baking. But she later apologised, blaming her rattiness on giving up the ciggies and agreed to switch to starters, joking she'd offer cold turkey. 
Amy started looking for a new job and drew a blank when she took a personality test. Shula confided in Lillian that she'd lost her confidence and no longer had the same resilience to run the stables. With her nicotine clear head, Lillian came up with one of her best ideas in years. Why doesn't she become Shula's business partner? I can see it falling at the first hurdle. (laughs) Okay, we need to talk about Stella, who clearly doesn't give a flock who she upsets if she wants some stray sheep moved on. This week, she locked horns with Pip. Lots of with respect was proffered, but it belied contempt. Major attitude problem with Stella's verdict. Such a know-it-all, Pip's. Stella declared she's not happy with the cosy farming arrangements. But Pip won round one, in my opinion, although the tweet-along dubbed her as a snarty little twonk. Unfortunately, we all had to hang out with Russ this week after declaring that Johnny Phillips was dead to her because he dissed her hair, despite offering to help with her dyslexia, Chelsea managed to avoid being converted to kitchenanity by Lily and then got to choose between Miss Downton Abbey and Slimeball to be her teacher. She went for Russ's creative approach and was wowed by his there, there, there routine. In return, Chelsea offered to cut his hair. He feared a fade or a man bun. She threatened buttery blonde or platinum highlights, but in the end, despite Lily's infuriating goading, he was delighted. Chelsea crowed, I bet you're good at encouraging young artists. I can tell how you were with me. And then our collective skin crawled as Russ suggested he might always come to her from now on for his haircuts. Yuck. Ambridge's redemption via the rehabilitation of Blake continued with Jazza still playing a blinder, supported by Dr. Alistair Doolittle. (laughs) Paid odd jobs are repairing him as much as the prof's house. And even that little shit, Martin Gibson, who was up to his ankles in the stuff at Barrow Farm, was moved by Jazza's admirable efforts and offered paid work to Blake. Maybe pigs can fly after all. (laughs) Bravo. As always, excellent. Thank you. I'll go for a lie down now. No, no, you no. Know, <laughs> stay, stay right there. We've, we've got an episode to get through. <laughs> There's no running off. Well, that's the gist of the last five episodes in Ambridge. So, what did you, our battle-hardened dumpty dummers, make of it all? Hello, Ambridge three nine six two. And first of all, we have Bill, uh, who wants to talk to us about the acting and the character of Chelsea. Hi there. This is Bill Brown, probably one of your few listeners in Kiev, Ukraine, uh, and very probably the only American listener in Kiev, Ukraine. Privit druzi archeris. And... Uh, I'd just like to say this week, I think the big news is got to be Chelsea. And Chelsea uh, <laughs> Chelsea is quite a, a, an interesting new character. I wonder if the producers decided that Tracy was such a big hit uh, that they would have two of them. She does seem to be a mini Tracy, uh, which makes sense, of course, being her daughter. Uh, but I have to say that I really enjoyed the actress and the script writing. I thought the scene with Johnny where Chelsea uh, does a, a mental backflip uh, to suit what she thinks Johnny likes 
as opposed to what she liked 30 seconds ago, and then does a, a hairpin turn into a snit over the uh, perceived insult about her hair. I thought that was hilarious and very true to what it's like dealing with or hearing or being a teenager, having been one and having had a daughter. So uh, have a, a good week. And thanks very much. Bill, absolutely delighted to hear from you. Uh, and, I, and I know you've struggled initially to get through for some technical reason, but you persisted. So thank you very much for making sure that your call got through. And we're delighted to welcome you from Kiev. I, I'm pretty sure you're the only American listener we have in Kiev. So welcome aboard and uh, please uh, do call in again. Um, yes, I mean, Chelsea stole the show this week, really, I think. And um, they've sort of turbocharged her, haven't they? She's come mm. on f- full thrusters, hasn't she? And um, we're all thoroughly enjoying her performance. And I think the acting is very good. And I think you're right, that scene with uh, with Johnny where she did a mental backflip, as you say, and then a hairpin turn was was brilliantly done. And um, she doesn't half flit, doesn't she, our Chelsea? Mm. My, my concern, I did tweet about this, is as much as we're enjoying Chelsea, I, I just worry that is, is there enough dramatic room for both Tracy and Chelsea? Because she is a mirror image of her mother, isn't she, Philippa? And I think I do worry, oh, does that mean she's going to squeeze Tracy out? Because we do like our Tracy. Uh, yeah, I've I've already seen Tracy sort of maturing. I never thought I'd use that word to describe Tracy. And Chelsea seems the new Tracy, if you like. So I already see a a change in those characters. But um, Bill, yeah, thank you for your call. I am pleased to tell you, I mean, I don't know the nationalities, but there are three listeners in the Ukraine um, who listen to Dum Dee Dum. So you, there might be another American. I do not know. Uh, so you're, <laughs> if you're listening to this uh, from the Ukraine, please get in touch and tell us so that we can uh, uh, get in touch with Bill there. In fact, we- I did I did have chicken Kiev for my lunch today, but I've discovered that that has <laughs> that's got nothing to do with Kiev. So sorry, we- sorry, Bill. I thought we- I was showing some <laughs> solidarity there. Um, I like in the Archers how sometimes mini me's are a are a classic comedy role that they take. So, you know, we had Joe and then Eddie Grundy being very similar in their delivery and their approach to life. Um, even, I, I would argue, Nigel and Freddie Pargeter seem like similar peas in a pod. Um, and perhaps Susan Carter and Emma, her daughter, as well. So I like to see this. I wouldn't want every house to have mini-me's going on, but it's just nice to see them crop up sometime. Yes, but their similarity is so, so striking, isn't it? I mean, they've, they they sound the same. They deliver, line, d- d- deliver their lines in a very similar way, don't they? They have the same, they've been written with the same sense of humour. Mm. Um, I mean, I particularly enjoy the scenes between the two of them, Tracy and Chelsea. I think it's great seeing her, her parenting of Chelsea and she's and, and so that, hard to keep a rein on, isn't she? <laughs> and that's when you see her maturing. Oh, that's not the ideal word to use. But when you see her trying to parent Chelsea yeah. and, and and being older. So, yeah, I, I think that they've looked, the team have looked at it and thought, well, Tracy can't forever be this, that play the young character. So mm. as she gets a bit older, who are they going to bring in? Because everyone loves Tracy. So... Chelsea is the, the the natural solution. Is there enough room f- for both of them on the block? 
I believe so, because they're different. I, I know, yes, they, they sound very similar, but Chelsea is sort of um, a Tracy of old, I feel. She's not a Tracy of now. So there is room yeah. because they yeah. are both still different. I was interested, though, when Lily was talking to Chelsea about being at college and the, the different tribes there and put Chelsea in the, the glowed up group. I That was not what I pictured in my mind at all. I didn't That's because she's doing hairdressing. That's because she's doing hairdressing. Yes, but I didn't see her in sort of fake tan and you know, the fake tan, white teeth, long nails brigade. I didn't get that at all. But I suppose this week we heard you wanted to wear heels to uh, show off to to poor Johnny, um, who failed miserably in, in, in that. I don't know. I just love Chelsea's confidence. I wish, I wish I had that confidence of Chelsea that she just uh, at least pretends to know what she wants. And well, she's she spirit. She just... Dismissed Lily. Well, you're not a real teacher anyway. You just sell yeah. kitchens. I know. <laughs> it was wonderful. I, and nobody can argue because it's not like she's, you know, not, not telling the and truth. What was Lily on saying? She got into sort of sales patter, didn't she? We sell dreams. Yeah. <laughs> she said, then, no, you sell kitchens. <laughs> yeah. And then going on about essay writing, you know, oh, include just juxtaposition and all of that. Oh, my God. <laughs> you're not helping at all. Do you think jo- Johnny and Jazz, I was going to raise this later, but you, you know, that's, since Bill's mentioned that scene, the more I've listened to it, the more were Johnny and Jazz are in cahoots. Jazzy got in touch to say, look, say say these things to put her off biking, do you think? I wondered. I I don't know. I love the way, you know, she said something about, oh, you know, keep your hair on if you had any to, yeah. to Johnny. Um, brutal, brutal. You know, I didn't I didn't feel that that had been premeditated. I just thought that I don't think Jazz would. Because everything Johnny said group. was to put her off. I think that was just John. It wasn't like Jazza was like, yes, get in. Well done. Well played. I think if we'd heard that, then then it would have been clear. I think they, I thought they might've conspired beforehand. How many times have you been listening to this? You're reading into it more than I do. Oh, far too many, far too many. (laughs) I need therapy. (laughs) Yeah. But they're good mates though, you see. So I thought it's plausible. Something else that made me think this week is that um, Kerry Davis, who obviously was the scriptwriter for this joyful week. Oh, was and, he? That's yeah, why it's so good. <laughs> he he yeah. put on Twitter about how uh, the characters had brought the scenes to life so beautifully. And um, and I actually messaged him because in my mind, the script writers, yes, they'd write the script, but then they'd work with the team until it was deli- delivered and recorded. But Kerry said, no, actually, he yes, he writes the script, but that's it. That's as much as his involvement. And right. then the other teams pick it up and run. So the next time Kerry interacts with the words are when he's listening to it on the radio as, w- as we are. So he has to hand the baton over to the next script writer to write. Yeah, so he doesn't get to hmm. give any idea of... Um, so he doesn't you know, direct. No hints. He, he doesn't direct it at all. Though, yeah, and I wasn't expecting him to direct it, but just to be involved in that mm. process. So um, mm. it must be really interesting, and, and clearly he enjoyed hearing, particularly the haircutting session, mm. um, and how the actors are adding even more to the wonderful words he's written. Yeah, which I'll probably get onto it later. Which raises the question of Amy again. <laughs> yes, 
Well, is that, I, is that directional or just I, or the actor's interpretation? Hmm. I think uh, yes. Let's get on to the next call. Shall we? Yes. Uh, I think we have something <laughs> something to hear about that. So the next call is from Mia, who um, wants to talk to us about Jazz's name for Alan and what is going on with Amy and Russ. Hello, Dumpty Dum peeps worldwide. This is Mia in Newcastle Land Caller Innering. I love the fact that Jazza called Alan the Vicar God Squad Alan. And because of the work I do, I'm now going to adopt that moniker myself. So I am now God Squad Mia. <laughs> now, Amy, Amy, I did a personality test. It came back negative. Ah, <laughs> oh, poor Amy. <laughs> And Russ, oh, I really wanted Chelsea to give him a fade haircut. I didn't know what a fade was. I had to Google it. But that's now the image I've got of Russ. Anyway, have a lovely week, everybody. This is God Squad Mia saying amen. Speak soon. Bye. Oh, amen, God Squad Mia. That was fantastic. And yes, that's what I wanted to say about Amy. The fact that the, I think the script writers know how Amy's being played otherwise why would they have put in this personality test I mean it was just such an obvious thing for us all we were just like there's no personality (laughs) test that will find a personality for you I wanted yeah. to actually hear what the results were, you know, like the, the computer groaning in response. There, or there is no algorithm that's going to find a one, I think. No, I, and, you know, yes, she didn't want Alan to have the motorbike, but then she got grumpy with Jazza when he decided he wasn't going to sell it. I just, oh, what's, what's going on? So I think there is deliberate planning about Amy. So you think she's been directed to be this dull, do you? Yes, I'm, I'm okay. being generous and yes i do otherwise it wouldn't be in there as the personality quiz I'm right thinking. it's just as somebody on twitter i think it was i think it's eliza bennett she said she's from yorkshire and she says it's all down to the york the yorkshire dialects and the, and the vowels and everything and that we're misreading the tones she she says and that um um you know when she when she is down she bounces back but i haven't seen much bounce no, uh, it, it could be, but no, I, I'm just calling it. I think the personality test was a was the scriptwriters paying homage to to what's going on. There was lots of discussion as well about what sort of motorbike Jazza has, yeah. um, all sorts of grand ideas. But again, Kerry Davis, the the scriptwriters, we've already said, said it wasn't mentioned, but in his mind, it was a Honda 750. So I had to have a Google of what that was and. Yeah, right. it's a motorbike. That's all I can say. But do you think Amy is going to be permanently dull? That's it. We just have to live with it. Listen, we can't all have interesting, vibrant, three hundred and sixty characters. We need dull is dull is good because it allows others to shine. So if that's how it is, I don't know what she's going to do. I don't know what role. I don't but, know what. Yeah, but a dad, Alan, he's got more about him. I mean, he's he's a nice, upbeat fella, isn't he? Yeah, and she doesn't sound anything like him. Oh, no. <laughs> Perhaps how's he brought up she's a dullard? I don't understand it. Yeah. I don't know. I just think we we need our Mia, our God Squad Mia in Ambridge, really. Because it was interesting. I don't know if you heard this, but on the news they were talking about this new um survey that's been done, perhaps the largest of its kind, about farming in the UK, and that more of a more than a third of people in the in UK farming could be suffering 
from depression. That's well known, yeah. Yeah, yeah, and Mm. women farmers particularly. Mm. Mm. um, That just came out this week. and uh, very, very hard for them to find partners and so forth. Yeah, financial pressure, physical Mm. pain, the pandemic, bad weather, regulations, all all sorts of things. But we haven't heard that in Ambridge. It's it's not a farming soap, is it? (laughs) Yeah. Well, I suppose Pip does make me depressed when I listen to her, so maybe that's got something to do with it. But yes, we we need our God Squad mirror in, in Ambridge, making them all happier. And I, I, like her, I had to look up a fade haircut. Really? To see what it was like, yeah. I've never had one, you see, Philippa, so I had to check what a fade haircut was. <clears throat> yeah. I well, can't see it suiting. Can't see it really suiting, Russ. And, and I mean, you're talking about a man bun as well. I mean, how long is this man's hair? Is, is it enough to hang himself with? <laughs> oh, come on. We're being, you're being very cruel to everyone today. Oh, well, I'm, I'm consistent. I mean, I've always loathed Russ. You know that. I mean, I'm not going to pretend that I yes, suddenly like the man. Do you know, I actually thought this week, and this is saying something that I oh, prefer. My word. You're not going to compliment him, are you? I'm not going to go that far, but I prefer Russ to Lily. Lily wound me up more than Russ. Oh, she really got on my what's-its today, this week. Yes, exactly. Really? So and this, that, like, that, sort oh. of, that sort of goading him all the time was really irritating. I mean, I, yes. I mentioned it in my summary. And um, it reminded me of, of how Justin winds up Lillian, you know, all that sort of dig, 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 dig. And it's... <laughs> And just this mm. self-worth and self-entitlement. I know people go on about Brian and how he has that, but I just felt Lily had it in, uh, in there was just too much of that this week. And, uh, yeah, well, I didn't she, want to hear that. In one breath, she's saying, you know, our relationship was a bit messy at first, but it's worked out ever so well. We're a great couple. Mm. And then she's just like digging all these digs while he's talking haircuts with Chelsea. And don't forget, she's been promoted twice. Oh, my goodness. Oh, yes. Sell, s- promoted selling, from what? Salesperson to salesperson. Selling dreams. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Again, some people were very worried about um, the safety of Trace's cooker and whether with some of the rings not working, if there was uh, a gas situation but no it's an electric oven again it's been confirmed so we don't need to worry about how that. did you confirm that how do you know that how i'm just i think i spent too much time on twitter this week following stalking Kerry david <laughs> i don't know the poor man he just you know when he's written a week he's on there on twitter answering all our yes he's great all our silly questions and he's so patient and understanding it really helps give us all the, all the background but yes russ has been lowered from my list of people that really wound me up and lily was right up there agreed uh, but well no, russ is always there but i agree that about lily yeah Mm, well, thank you, Mia. Wonderful call as always. And now we go to Glyn, whose call is somewhat taxing this week. Hello, Dumpty Dum. It's Glyn here. I'm phoning in this week in response to challenges on Twitter to give my views on the tax treatment of the proposed um, sale of home farm. Now, tax is about as specialised as medicine, I guess, and so uh, and, and family businesses are not really my area. So this is a little bit like an oncologist commenting on hip replacements, but I'll give it my best shot. (laughs) Uh, My understanding is that the best tax strategy for Home Farm at the moment would probably be Brian's death, um, because that would mean that his share of the farm uh, would be passed down to the next generation 
almost certainly free of or largely free of inheritance tax due to the availability of either one or both of agricultural property relief and business property relief. And also, death is not a capital gains tax event, so there would be no capital gains tax to pay on Brian's share if he died. And I think, uh, and other experts, please correct me if I'm wrong, that would also mean that the next generation, whoever inherited Brian's share for capital gains purposes, would inherit it at the current market value rather than uh, what Brian paid for it, which means an immediate sale uh, would result in them paying no capital gains tax either. So that would be the most tax efficient way for Brian's share to be disposed of. But it does rather depend on um, him dying, which is a bit drastic. And I certainly <laughs> don't want to give um, Adam um, any ideas in that respect. But that was the end of one call. We have another one from Glenn. He had so much information to fit in. He had to call back and leave a follow on message. Back to you, Glenn. So as respect the other partners when they sell, um, they will be liable to capital gains tax. So um, whether they sell before or after Brian's death, tax consequences more or less the same. But waiting for Brian's death is a bit of a gamble. Um, tax rules change frequently. There's a budget in a couple of weeks. They might change then. And if Brian has the long normal longevity of an Ambridge resident, um, you're probably taking a risk on what happens, what the tax rules are going to be in about 10 years' time. So um, maybe the most likely outcome is they all sell up now and they pay, um, they pay capital gains tax on the sale. Well, I hope that has answered any tax questions on that. Um, sorry if that's a bit dull. You now know why we don't hear lots of uh, explanation of financial matters on the arches itself. And I hope there are still some listeners to the podcast after this call. Um, thank you to the presenting team. Thank you to all associated with Dumpty Dum. Keep up a great job. Stay safe, everybody. And I'll speak to you hopefully on something more interesting soon. Bye. Glenn, what have you done to us? We've only got into the top 10 and all, all our listeners are going to desert us after that. What's he What's he done, Philip? <laughs> I think we need to get him some news music to play before these calls because, uh, yeah, he has yeah. nice details to impart. Excellent. Well, I mean, I, first thing I want to say is, you know, as Glenn, as a past president of the Chartered Institute of Taxation, I mean, do you really know what you're talking about? I mean, I think we need to. <laughs> <laughs> but like me, Glenn lives in the East Midlands, so he, he must know his onions. and He, cl he clearly does. Um, in essence, it distills down to this, that, the, that the, the the best option in terms of tax is if Brian dies, which uh, I don't want. I don't want. And Brian has declared that he wants to farm forever, doesn't he? Um, yeah. So, so I, I don't think that option is, that tax option is going to emerge. So the, the partners will have to decide as and when they sell. But as Glenn says, with Brian alive, that means they are liable, and if they sell their share while Brian is alive, then they will be liable to capital gains tax. I think I read that correctly. So, Glenn, thank you for that 
I was going to use the word fascinating insight. <laughs> it's what I would be categorised, I think, as boring, but important, isn't it? That sort of thing, which I think Glyn, Glyn did give a nod to. And to be fair to Glyn, the challenge was laid down to him to, can you give us an explanation? So that's yes. why Glyn, bless him, has sat down and worked it all out for us. And uh, I mean, actually, it is, seriously, it is quite interesting seeing what will have, what will have to happen if Home mm. Farm is sold and they decide to sell. So thank, thank you, Glenn. Glenn's <laughs> so kind that he even sent you and I, Quentin, a crib sheet. Which I'm using uh, now. <laughs> <laughs> Just in case. But uh, yeah, I, th- I think we should all have an exam at the end of this to make sure we've understa- understood the rules of uh, inheritance tax when it comes to agricultural assets um, and business property relief. So yes, I and, ca- and capital gains tax as well. Yes, well, or mm. not on death, yes, mm. of course. I hope you were paying attention to that, Quentin. Yeah, but we don't want Brian to die, so... We do not, that's and that's moved. what I love about the arch, is that usually the character carries on for the actor's lifetime. So, uh, yes, we need Brian to stay on wind- winding everyone up. Thank oh, you very much. Know. We love but Brian. A few weeks ago, we had Christine with her very precise breakdown of values of yes. what money might be made. Now we've got Glyn with a breakdown of tax. This is this is wonderful. We get all this information. The, the things we learn on Dumpty Dum, you know, you, you think you're just tuning in to hear about the archers and what's gone on in Ambridge. There are lessons all the time. The, the amount of expertise amongst our listeners is phenomenal. It makes me feel very ignorant, really. So... But think about money and Brian. They were talking about how they needed to get a new tractor person. Um, Well, I just think, you know, Ian's not doing very much at the moment. Why doesn't Ian get a a tractor license and start doing that as well? Or Xander could could do it as well, because clearly he's able to chop things in the kitchen and take phone calls. So I think Ian and Xander should, uh, should help with that. Talking of tractors, you were filming some this week, weren't you? You're obsessed. Well, at the weekend, while my son is taking exams, I go for a a walk round where there are quite a few farms. So, yes, I'm always interested to see and always pretend there's a character from the archers there. And uh, it was a very noisy tractor this time, though. I was quite surprised. But there we go. Yes, I thought it was Brian. And was it? Of course it was, okay, yes. Sorry, sorry. He didn't want to pay time and a half on a Saturday, so he was doing it himself. Come on. And Stella didn't approve. <laughs> yes, I'm sure. The minute my back was turned, Stella was running over to tell him to get back to retirement and, and leave it alone. We, we must talk about that bust up, mustn't we, between Stella and Pip, I think. Oh, yes, we really must. And and we need to move on because we've got some great calls. So let's go to Claire. And Claire wants to talk about the relationship between Lily and Russ. Hey, Dumpty Dum, it's Claire from Clapham here. Um, it's been, it felt like quite a clunky week, and I know it was a Kerry week, so I was quite surprised. But um, the thing that I wanted to reflect on is just how toxic and horrible is the relationship between Lily and Russ. I mean, they just seem to take pleasure in, like, needling the other one and... Lily, especially for all that she's claiming that their relationship is also marvelous and everything, I mean it clearly isn't. Um, and I just don't know what what she's doing in that relationship. Like, what models? I mean, they, her parents had a lovely marriage, as far as I can remember. Um, you know, mm. and this kind of behaviour is very much more what you'd expect from an Aldridge. 
Um, <laughs> you know, this sort of needly, it's a bit like the way that Lillian and Justin wind each other up at times and mm. things like that. So that's all seems, um, quite bad. So I don't know. I don't really care how Lily and Russ break up, but I would like to see it happen. I think Lily could do better, quite frankly. Um, I think they could both be happier without each other, I think. But there you go. Um, hurrah for Chelsea. Aren't we loving her? She's just brilliant. She's like another Tracy. Um, and, uh, you know, again, Jazza's doing really well at looking after Blake and in the right pace as well. I think that's great. I don't know whether Blake's going to take the new job. I doubt it. What's Martin up to? No idea. Um, anyway, keep up the good work and I'll speak to you again soon. Bye. Oh, thanks, Claire. Thanks so much for your call. Yes, the relationship between Lily and Russ is toxic. I agree. And Jazz are doing so well looking after Blake. And as you say, Claire, the right pace. That That's what Jazz seems so clever at doing, just keeping Blake calm, um, not getting too far ahead and, and just managing it. I thought that was lovely. And he, uh, and he, and he was managing Alistair a bit as well, wasn't he? Saying, uh, yeah, just yeah. don't push it. Yeah. Mm. But I never thought I'd hear Martin Gibson describe mm. Jazza as inspirational. I mean, that that's a whole a whole new thing. And, um, and, ad, and admirable as well. Yes. Jazza has always been a side character in the past. We've loved him, but he's never been in the main spotlight. And yet, over the last few weeks, they seem to be carving out a, a slightly adjusted character for him where he can be in that main role. And I hope that continues because we do like Jazza. Um, I hope that Russ redeems himself and doesn't do a lech over Chelsea. I really yeah. do. Yeah. I love the name of the hairdressers, Borset Barnett. I thought that was great. And I wanted the haircut to go well. I didn't want it to be this trite, silly, you know, oh, look at you afterwards. You're not going to be able to go out for three months till it all grows back. I want, I was rooting for Chelsea to, with, with all the fun that they had, actually deliver a good haircut, which she did. So I thought, I thought that was great. How is Blake going to react to the job opportunity? I'm afraid I tend to agree with Claire. I'm I'm not sure that he will react well to it. And surely to have a job like that with a contract, you're going to need a national insurance number. You're going to need a bank account. I don't think Blake has anything like that. So I I think that that the sentiment is right, but there it's just blundering in too far and too fast. I'm going to defend Martin here. I, I think. What? Yeah, I am. Yeah, I, I. I think it was it was sincere, and I, I think part of it is a, a sense of guilt that they, he feels very very bad and exposed that BL inadvertently used slave labour for some of the, its work, and so I think he does want to make amends. I do actually. I think he's got a bit of a guilty conscience about it. Whether he goes about it the right way is another matter. So I am cautious. And the fact that Blake would be working with Jazza and Neil, I think would encourage him to accept the offer. I think, you know, things like national insurance numbers, I'm sure, can be got. It's not his fault he hasn't got one. So no, I'm but you not... need an address. And I, I just yeah, think it's, but, it's not, like, it's not well, that he's, easy. He's going to move in with Jim anyway, isn't he? So, that, so that'll be his address. Oh, not with Alistair. Alistair, well, we'll talk about that later on, but yeah. <laughs> he he got on my wick as well, Alistair. Yeah, Stansweet. he's oh. on my hit list, definitely. Oh, he was just like, oh, just, he was too earnest and 
And in his face was for the right reasons. He was trying to do the right thing, but um, God, he was irritating. Oh, I don't think he was. It was like he didn't trust Blake at all. Really? Oh, oh, here I am, just checking on how everything's going. And oh no, I'm sorry. I, uh, I don't know. He, 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 he didn't really appreciate why Blake wouldn't even compute with Blake that he should be paid. So his. Um, his unawareness of the reality was was annoying, but I just found his manner annoying as as well, and I uh, just needed to ease off. And I was glad that Jazz had said, "Don't push it too far, you know, too quickly." When he was, Alistair was trying to come up with some more jobs, mm. so his intentions were good. But I think Martin, uh, I'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt for the moment, but there's quite a big dollop of doubt there as well. Um, Claire th- says she the, the needling between Lily and Russ, particularly f- from Lily, yeah, wound us up as well. And we've just mentioned that. Completely agree with you, Claire. And she wants a breakup. And um, what about Saul? Better call Saul, I reckon. He was a nice lad, wasn't he? Your poor chap, though, he doesn't want to be saddled with Lily now. She's a monster. No, it's uh, mind you, Russ isn't. Well, I don't know what I want. I just. Well, maybe we have to have them as showing what uh, a toxic relationship can be so that we enjoy even more the happy relationships that we have with others. Uh, I didn't feel comfortable with him saying he's going to come around in future now and have his haircuts with Chelsea. Yes. How old is Chelsea? How old is Chelsea? So she started college. Yeah, and she's able to do do her driving. So So she must be 17, right? Yeah. Right. But he has got form, let's be honest. So, um, Well, I don't – has – before Lily, had he done anything like that? No. He uh, – yes, he did um, get to know Lily in an inappropriate way. But uh, did he – was he actually let – I don't know how far – I, I don't know. Uh, that's me sounding like I'm pro-Rust and I'm not at all. But I just – I. I think he sounded like he was a good teacher. He was picking up, he was meeting Chelsea where she was. So after she'd recounted this funny scene, he was saying, well, that's what you could use in your essay to paint that picture and giving confidence. So I have to say that the exchange you with you know, the, the there, there, there scene actually was nicely done. And yes. you, could, you really sense that she'd learned something. And let's be fair to Russ, you know, his teaching skills came out there. And that, that was... That was nice. I, I enjoyed that. And it was genuine and sincere, I thought. Yeah. So I'm not saying uh, in any way he is forgiven for what he did with Lily. But equally, I hope that that's not a path that then he's going to go down. And it would be nice if if he could start afresh. Oh, there's there's your clock ringing. You can hear me. You can hear my clock chiming. Yes. Yeah, it's wonderful. Yes, it's, uh, an old, it's an old, it's been in the family years, dates back to about 1780. And it's still going strong, bless her. Well, and it's also telling us we need to speed up. So we'll have oh, more clever. of your... Oh, clever. I like that. Oh, clever. That's Thank clever. you. There's a link there. We'll have more of your calls in a moment. But if you're listening to this thinking, I'd like to record a message and I wonder how to do it, here's how. Yes, yeah. <laughs> yeah, since this is the uh, self-titled people's podcast i better be honest here i, I lost my way in the script just now that's why <laughs> philip is laughing she's ticked me off <laughs> i was too cruel and I apparently i'm on the bloody naughty step she writes down all my mistakes for editing not that i'm like holding legion <laughs> fly me anyway 
if you dare come on this podcast <laughs> and want to be criticised by Philippa, we I'm very sorry. Quentin. We are the self-titled <laughs> People's Podcast, and we need people like you. So, if you want to record a message or a plot prediction, one way is to visit the dumptydum.com website, where you can click the red speak pipe link on the left and submit your call. It honestly, it is ever so easy, and you can have as many goes as you like. So, don't worry. Another way is to send a WhatsApp voice note, and this is the number you can send it to, 07957 167696. That's 07957 167696. Remember, if you're calling from outside the UK, to add a plus 44. And actually, what we never say is we say click on the red speak pipe link, but actually it just in red it says send voicemail. So that's that when we talk about the speak pipe link that's what we're referring to anyway speaking of the website you'll find a link there to a patreon where you can financially support the show your help would be greatly appreciated and would mean a lot um right let's get back to those calls and first of all we hear from witherspoon who wants to talk to us about stella versus pip and the story of jazza Hey, baby, I hear the blues are calling, tossed salads and scrambled eggs. Mercy. Greetings, Philippa Quentin and all Dumpty Dummers around the world. It's Witherspoon and Angus Haggis here. We've had a lovely autumn weekend in New York City with highs of 25 degrees Celsius. I'd be tempted to take a walk in a lovely pasture if there was one nearby, but I wouldn't want to run into Stella. I listened and re-listened to the scene with Pip, and in this case, I am on the side of Ms. Archer. We saw the darker side of Stella's assertive nature that we had previously complimented. I thought that Stella treated Pip like one of her employees, and was entirely dismissive of her during their confrontation, and that's why Pip gave it right back to her. As my Scottish husband would say, she's a bossy boots. I know there has to be conflict in docudrama, but what about the notion of professional women supporting each other instead of dragging their peers down? If I find a crow in the field, I think I'll have to eat some of it for my past comments about Jazzer. If you recall, I've referred to him uh, several times as the court jester of the archers, a funny and needed character, but one incapable of change and incapable of having a long-term relationship. Nine years of living with Jim and a few with Alistair as well, I can't believe it's been that long, has helped Jazzer to grow up. Of course, Tracy and his motivation to make his relationship with her work have had a very positive influence on him. I was impressed with his quick recognition of the error of his ways with Chelsea last week, his willingness to sacrifice his motorcycle, and his attempts to establish some limits with her. Her reactions to Johnny were pretty funny, and I liked the scenes with Russ and Lily. And no, I don't think that Russ has any designs on her. As Jazzer alluded to, Chelsea is a handful, so fasten your seatbelts. It's going to be a bumpy night. Talk to you soon. Great. Thanks, Witherspoon, and uh, thank you for steering the conversation onto the Stella Pip confrontation. There are very few people who are on Pip's side, or as uh, Witherspoon calls um, Miss Archer, but I have to say, having been a fan of Stella's last week, um, I've changed my opinion somewhat. I, I thought she, she went in really heavy-handed. And uh, she's got to rein back. I mean, she's she's got to find a she's got to feel her way through this village and the farming setup. And she just piles in and thinks she's right. And I thought actually demanding the sheep were 
should, should we move there and then and not accepting Pip's offer of tomorrow was ridiculous. And actually, Brian said the same. So oh, what's, what's wrong with tomorrow is fine, isn't it? So I think Stella is um, is a, a, a bossy boots and she needs <laughs> to to check herself a bit. I mean, I said last week and we agreed, I, I do like her, her Route 1 direct approach, but, you know, you're, she's still very new to the job, new to the area, and she was out of order. So I'm afraid I'm not a huge fan of Pips, but Pip gets my vote this week. And interestingly, Witherspoon picked up on his disappointment. Why couldn't we see two professional women supporting mm. each other, he said. And and interestingly, uh, J- Jackie Crofty on Twitter posted this. She said, I really dislike the idea that two women strike off like this, playing to a tired woman in a man's role stereotype. Why can't they work well together and demonstrate how to use good communication skills to overcome petty squabbles? They still might, fingers crossed, emoji. So... Jackie's on the same page there with with Witherspoon, and um, perhaps it was an opportunity missed. We never heard, though, who was in the right and who was in the wrong. I really wanted it to be that Pip was totally wrong and Stella was in the right, but we never had that moment of David saying, oh, gosh, I did say the wrong field. Or Do you know what I mean? There was nothing. I want to know. Um, I think we can assume. I mean, Pip acknowledged, didn't she? She sort of said, "Oh, yeah, sorry, yeah, all right, we'll move it. To, we'll move them tomorrow. I need to carry on trimming my my hedge." Yes, but she was saying um, that she would move it, but she didn't take. A, she put the mistake at Stella's feet. I don't know. I, I mean, I just think if Stella had a you know more conciliatory approach, Pip might have budged. Might. Yeah, but she came yeah. across Pip, and come on, Pips. But anyone who lights a fire under Pip's backside is okay by me. Okay, Stella went too far. <laughs> Clearly no talent for compromising, but uh, I'm afraid I was still on Team Stella because Pip just winds me up all the time. You've cut, so, you've cut Russ some slack this week. Can't you cut Pip some slack? No, no, that's going okay. too far. Yes, I can cut slack as someone who's wound <laughs> me up for many years and done all sorts of things wrong. Um, but Pip, never. <laughs> Sorry. Never. It's just, never. It's not going to well. I suppose I could eat my words, but um, wow, I didn't know. Not the, this week. The, the depths of your, oh. your disdain was that deep. Pip winds me. Pip and Helen, their voices. Oh, but again, we need them. They add colour to the archers, and uh, I've I've got to have somebody to moan about. If I was just sitting here saying, "Oh, I love this person. I love that. I person. agree. I love that person." No, the you've joy got to the, feel it. The joy of the archers is, you know, you've got to dislike. Some of the characters. I mean, yes. You've got to have some baddies, haven't you? Um, but you see, you say Helen and Pip wind you up. At least they've got a personality. Helen? Helen has a personality? Well, she's got what? more than Amy. Yes, but still, I mean, you know, if personality tests were being well, done by many I mean, in Ambridge. There wouldn't be very, very many high peaks on Helen's, I agree. No. <laughs> <laughs> what, what? I mean... Yeah, I don't know. Maybe they have to keep doing them like lateral flow tests to see if they've actually got <laughs> the slightest indication of a personality. Oh, it's positive this week. Well, hey, we've got personality coming. Well, uh, I can't believe as Witherspoon's flagged up that Jazza and Jim and Alistair have been living together for nine years. Yes. Wow, that's blown by. 
Jessica was talking about it to to play. I love hearing with a spoon say the words "bossy boots." I don't I don't know why. I just think <laughs> that sounds lovely in his accent. It's so so British, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> yes, um, but I agree with with a spoon. Jessica has grown up thanks to yeah. living with um, well, Alistair Crike. This week. Yeah. Anyway, um, yes, Jazza has grown up. And oh, the other thing was when Brian was talking about Stella, sorry, slight gear change there. But Brian referred to Stella as top stuff when he was talking to um, Pip and saying, oh, uh, Stella's going to get in touch. She's top stuff. I thought that's quite a funny way of putting it. Top, top stuff. Yeah. Is that, is that a soil reference? Top uh, yes, it is. yeah, absolutely. <laughs> no, I think it's a, an employee of the highest order. She's top stuff. Top stuff. What well, he's a man of a certain vintage, isn't he? Yes, he? quite. Yeah. I enjoyed it. I uh, wasn't. I wasn't taking umbrage. Umbrage in umbrage. But Witherspoon didn't like Stella's approach. He said she was entirely dismissive and treated Pip like an employee. And he's right. Her, yeah. her tone and approach is awful. I completely agree. And if it had been anybody but Pip, I would have been completely <laughs> on the person's side that was against Stella. I didn't but... know you loathed her this much. <laughs> oh, just. I don't know. that. There's a lot of women in Ambridge that I need to go and have a word with. Um yeah, it's quite <laughs> depressing, really. But no, I agree. Um, it would be lovely if two women are in uh, good positions, working positions in Ambridge, could be supportive of each other. But but there was Pip, so that that can't happen. I understand. I'd have got riled the minute I arrived at the field. I'd just been that right. Well, can I read out Not a tweet I, I spotted about all this uh, from one of my favourite tweeters, at Little Kim. <laughs> she tweeted, Stella getting stroppy with Pip. Lillian shouting at Ruth, Chelsea slagging off Lily. You dream of weeks like this. <laughs> <laughs> it is a shame that it's all the women, but never mind. It's all good fun. We'll You're go right, with actually, it. Yes, yeah. We'll go with it. So, with a spoon, thank you so much. And now we go to Catherine, who has some observations about the funny sentences in the world of Ambridge. Hi, everyone. It's Catherine ringing in. Just to say, I've been laughing as I listened to the Sunday's uh, thing about two really funny sentences that came up. Firstly, Stella saying, well, it's all just a bit incestuous. I'm thinking, that's the joke. That's the point of the arches. Of course, it's bloody incestuous. You've got two families um, monopolising this whole village. No one else seems to have any other normal job that people might have, like, I don't know, maybe a teacher or something like that. Um, of course, it's incestuous. The other one was Pip saying that her parents were busy weighing bullocks. And uh, they said, oh, I can't remember who she's talking to. Oh, they must have their hands full. I thought, I bet the cast were giggling behind the scenes. <laughs> but what really got me thinking um, this week was about Jazzy giving up his motorbikes and about when couples get together, about somebody giving things up. When I met my husband, uh, he was a really keen cricket player. And as anyone knows, cricket goes on forever. And about when you meet someone who's doing something and that's the deal, you enter into it with them liking cricket. And then partners, uh, many times, both sexes, uh, expect them to give up everything to sit, you know, on the sofa holding hands. And actually, maybe the hobby, whatever it was, was the thing that you found attractive about them. Now, maybe not cricket, but, you know, the rest of it. But so that she's busy. Uh, he's busy giving up the bikes. And I bet you that... Uh, uh, that Tracy won't want him to give up the bike in the end after he sold it to the vicar. And then awful Amy, who just can't act, can she, uh, giving up midwifery. And I don't know what I'm doing. I mean, come on, nobody does that. What exactly is she going to live on? 
Lillian giving up cigarettes, how boring. But yes, you must be the only person left in the world still smoking. Um, and can Alistair please give up talking to Blake like he's, uh, uh, English is his second language. Really, the guy can talk. He doesn't need to enunciate and mm. overthink <laughs> everything he says like this. Very annoying. Uh, that's it. Bye. Catherine, thank you, as always. Excellent. So, so much that you've covered from the funny sentences to it being a little bit incestuous, Wayne Bullock's and giving things up. Yeah, absolutely. It's the other funny things that made me laugh. Um, we've mentioned it already, but when Jazza said, oh, that girl changes her mind like a feather in the wind. And Chelsea then referred back to Jazza as that bloke doesn't know if he's upside down or playing netball mm. and I loved when Jazza mentioned about how Chelsea would have to go through CBT as part of her motorbike <laughs> training and I was thinking oh my goodness Jazza knows about cognitive behavior therapy wow oh no compulsory basic training for, yes, a, for I a motorbike. That, yeah. <laughs> yes. I thought that was great I think Jazza's application for sainthood should be submitted Alistair awful bumbling checking in he made that awful joke about backfiring although I made a joke this week that I thought was spot on and my family are still moaning and groaning about it so I'm going to try it out on you Quentin okay oh no do I am I obliged to laugh (laughs) oh no because it's so well it was just right we were having some pork and I'd got out some teriyaki sauce to have with it and I noticed that it was out of date by about 20 years as is the case with our pantry Mm. Um, and I said, oh, it's not teriyaki, it's teriyaki. That's good. I like that. That's okay. <laughs> Thank you. The rest of my family are going on about it regularly. as how awful it was. Thank you, Quentin. I, it's a, I, I, I like a good pun. I like a good a bit of wordplay. Good on you. I would, have, I would have laughed. Thank you. Well, that's very kind. You're invited around for lunch. Thank, thank you for, what, for, some, for, for some food poisoning. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, Catherine's... Um, uh, the thrust of Catherine's call was all about giving up, wasn't it? And um, she, she rightly says that often in, in marriages, people feel obliged to give up what was consuming most of their time. And really, it's often that hobby or passion that made them attractive mm. in the first place. So you, you give up at your peril. And clearly, Catherine has had to suffer, I was going to say hours of cricket, probably years of cricket. <laughs> um because I know her sons are very sporty as well. So, but she she she's made that sacrifice, and <laughs> um, she's still holding hands on the sofa with her husband. So there you go. And uh, she's spot on about Alistair. God, he was a twit this week, wasn't he? Patronising, um, yes. not deliberately, I don't think, but he didn't realise how how grating he, he was. And um, Catherine picked up a couple of references, uh, two lines uh, about it being incestuous. And I hadn't tweeted because I, I get confused by all these things. But it was pointed out by Brian Testella, I think, that David and Jennifer are cousins. Is that right? I'm pretty sure he meant. Yes, I mean they're all inter interrelated. But uh, yeah. absolutely, yes, because um, I, Peggy I, and Phil. Peggy's first husband was Phil's brother. Right. Okay. Yep. Okay. Yep. I can't imagine why Catherine suggested uh, a, a new job for, as a teacher. Um, because I think Catherine might be a teacher, don't you, Philip? I think so, yes. <laughs> but lovely hearing from you again, Catherine. Keep them coming. Yes, very much so. Love love the call. So now we go on to our last call, which is from Matthew. And he's wondering about Blake's past and his future. Hello, this is Matthew Horsepool from Coventry. 
I have to say, I started this week on the Archers feeling really quite apprehensive when Blake left having not been paid for his work. And um, there was a big part of me that was very worried that Jazza in particular was going to fall into the same trap that Philip Moss fell into in the first place. Namely, oh, well, Blake doesn't want the money. We better not pay him, you know. Um, well, we, you know, he still doesn't want it. We'd still better not pay him, you know. And so it goes on. So I was really, really pleased when he was paid. Um, it did lead me down some interesting um uh, rabbit holes though not that philip moss is a good person philip moss is an absolutely terrible person but it did make me wonder whether philip moss was the first person who blake had been a, a, um, a slave for um and whether Phil- blake was already conditioned you know before philip got his hands on him but anyway it'd be interesting to see how that develops and um i really hope that some of the villagers uh, are able to use him and are able to pay him and it all works out. I'm less confident that Martin Gibson's scheme is for the best. Uh, I really, really hope that Martin isn't going to end up abusing Blake in some way um, or driving him away. Um, on a lighter note, I'm a bloke, uh, and they all say that blokes are a bit clueless, uh, but I, I really cannot believe how clueless Jazza was. Um, it seemed pretty obvious to me that the only reason why Chelsea went off the motorbike is because she kind of, well, I don't even know if she had a thing for Johnny, but she was clearly trying to impress Johnny. And as soon as Johnny said, I, I don't do biker girls, that was it. So, um, yeah, Jazz has decided not to sell the bike. Is that a terrible mistake? Is Chelsea suddenly going to be more interested in bikes now that she's not happy with Johnny? Or is she going to be interested in Johnny and thus not interested in bikes. Matthew, great to hear from you again um, from Coventry. He's he's in quite a conundrum, poor old Matthew, this week, isn't he? He's he's obviously been mulling around a great deal. He called in quite late because he's obviously still forming his views on things and he's he's still not resolved in his his, his mind, is he, clearly? (laughs) Um, And you see, he he picked up on this Jazza Johnny dynamic that I mentioned earlier in terms of Chelsea. And I'm, I'm st- I still stand by my suggestion that I think Jazz and Johnny were in cahoots beforehand and came up with this ruse to put Chelsea off biking um, because he was so sort of, everything he said was a, against biking, wasn't he? he? wasn't into biker girls, as Matthew said, and he didn't like helmet hair either. And um, he didn't I seem, don't think so. Jazza he didn't seem that bothered when, Jazza when didn't she know went in off. advance that he was going to have to give her a lift and could go off and... Quick call, quick call. Mm. Or maybe t- spoken to Jazza, uh, Johnny beforehand, saying, what am I going to do about this problem? No, I find that rather hard to believe. I well, Johnny tar- targeted her about dyslexia, didn't he? Maybe it's all this clever scheme. You're not convinced, are you? I'm not at all. I'm sorry, that's sinking like a stone. I, a, this is my subplot. In a deep le- lake. No. It's my subplot. Okay. All right. Well, you wait. It will be proved to be the case <laughs> yeah. next week. You'll be, eat- you'll be eating your poisonous food. <laughs> I hope not. Thanks, Quentin. I prefer not to do that, but never mind. No, I love Matthew's voice as well. It's, um, yes, mesmerising. There we go. But anyway, on to what Matthew is saying. No, I just, he speaks beautifully. He does. He does. Um, Very nice pronunciation. Uh, Yes, Blake, of course, was living rough in the past. And part of the reason he liked Philip Moss or respected him so much was that he thought that Philip rescued him from this awful life. And and this week we heard some more background of when Blake did live at home um, and uh, his 
sort of new stepfather who had this dog who um, ate the Moschino shirt, which sounded quite funny. But it was nice to hear the humour in that moment when Blake was talking about the dog was part dragon. And it, it was just nice to see him feeling comfortable enough um, to do that. Will Chelsea go back to bikes? Uh, it's possible. I mean... It, well, she she oh, does just, flit, doesn't she? She does flit. Yes, she's replaced... Tracy really in the flitting so we we could have that and she's still very young there's going to be ups and downs and she's going to get into trouble and all sorts of things I just can't wait to hear Chelsea interact with more people I want to hear her talk with Susan um, whether they get on or not because Chelsea just stands up for herself and is so sort of just tells it like it is. I also want to hear her talk to Justin and Brian. I could just do the whole week of Chelsea going around and talking to different people in Ambridge and just hearing how much they wind her up and what she really says about them. Yeah, I would like that very much. You just want wall-to-wall Chelsea, really, don't you? Just for one week. If it was every week forever, that might be a little bit too much. But I'm very keen to hear her thoughts on... Different right. characters. Shall we just rename the whole series The Horror Bin then? No, no, let's not go okay. that far. Just just a week, that's all I'm saying. Like a special, like Amberjack. But we should just say a, a few words about uh, one of your main points as well, Matthew, that you were relieved when you heard that Blake was going to get paid for those initial DIY jobs around the house. And a bit mm. like you, I was thinking, come on, when are they, when, when are they going to offer, offer payment? I never doubted it, but it was when it was going to be offered. We, we saw how unaccustomed, didn't we? Blake is how conditioned he is mm. to not ever expecting money. So I shared your relief. Uh, I'm pleased it was engineered in quite early on because if that had hung over the week, we would have, would have been all worried again, wouldn't we? Of oh god, is he being exploited again? Surely not by Alistair and Jazza. But I, I sensed, particularly Alistair, was a bit uncomfortable about how to offer offer payment. And then giving him lessons in financial planning, you know, uh, you can spend a bit now, but then keep some in case you need it in the future. I was just glad the money wasn't stolen. So I thought that would have been an awful end to that sort of happy occasion to to get the, the money nicked by somebody. So I was glad we, we didn't hear that. Oh, stolen off Blake. Yeah, sorry. Yeah. I thought you meant they were going to give him stolen money. That's a plot line I've missed. <laughs> yeah, you know, the money laundering going on in that, that house. No wonder they needed the extension, I tell you. Anyway, Matthew, lovely to hear from you again. And uh, please, can you mesmerise Philippa with more of your calls, please? <laughs> so those are the mesmerising calls. But you can also send us an email or text if you prefer. So how can the Dumdy Dummers do that, Quentin? Yes, as ever, you're very welcome to send a text to uh, this number, 07957 167696. That's 07957 167696. Remember, if you're calling from outside the UK to add a plus 44, or if you would prefer to hit the keyboard and send us an email instead, visit the dumptydum.com website and click the Contact Us tab at the top of the dumptydum.com website. Do get your calls, emails and texts in by just before noon on Sunday as we record at midday UK time. And also remember, you need to be 18 or over to submit any views or comments. And so we go from our caller innerers to our email and texter innerers. And our text this week is from Purple Pumpkin. Uh, this is about the Stella Justin dynamic. Dear Philippa and Quentin, or Joy, if I've got my weeks wrong, that's next <laughs> week. And all in Dumpty Dumland. This is your loyal listener, Purple Pumpkin, with a small plot prediction. 
I'm sending it early in the week, so bound to be wrong by the time you read this. <laughs> on last week's podcast, a lot of people were speculating on Stella's relationship to Justin and what they're up to. Look at what has happened since Stella arrived. Brian has been pushed to think about succession and to contemplate selling Home Farm. Justin and Lillian have been casting about for what to spend a ludicrous amount of money on. So Justin will buy out Brian and Jenny, keeping Stella on as manager, and all will be happy. Sorry, it's not much as Machiavellian plots go, but it's the best I have. Loving the <laughs> podcast. Keep up the good work. That's all for this week. PP, thank you very much, Purple Pumpkin. So, yeah, you, you say that um, Justin is going to buy out uh, the farm. But a lot of us were on the same page. We did think that's what Justin was up to. And we were speculating about what exactly is, is his relationship with Stella. I think there's more to that than meets the eye at the moment. But uh, I quite like that scenario. If, 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 if it had happened, if Brian was going to sell up, because we all wanted them back in home farm, didn't we? And Jenny with her old mm. in the kitchen. Mm. But uh, I don't think it's going to happen now. Well, you never know. Purple Pumpkin could be absolutely right. It could it could still happen. Although I think Justin needs to pay attention because Lillian could be spending all the money on buying the, the stables or helping to fund the stables, which does sound like a bit of a money pit. So there mm. may not be quite the uh, the cash flow there to, to buy out Brian uh, and Jenny. And I'm sure actually Brian will have listened to Glyn's advice um, and will not be selling for now, having taken... Uh, note of the inheritance tax implications. So there we she, go. Shula did suggest to Lillian that she'd be wasting her money, didn't she? She, she said, you, we, you're not yeah, going to get much and, of a return. And Lillian was absolutely fine with that. That's <laughs> yes. that's wonderful. Yes, absolutely. We'll, we'll do that. I mean, it just seems that Brian never really wanted to sell and Stella certainly convinced him not to. But it did seem that Jenny was quite keen to move, understandably so. I can't blame her. She doesn't have enough room for all her tagines. But we we, we also heard this week that um, she can see how positive Brian is. That's what he said. That, oh, Jenny sees how positive I am. I don't know. It's got more twists and turns than a curly whirly. It has. Back to chocolate, your favourite subject. Yeah, sorry. There we go. But that was great. No, Purple Pumpkin, it doesn't matter how early on you send us your predictions and, and emails and texts um, because it's just great to have the different thoughts on this. Um, and our email this week is... Of course, from Anon of Ambridge. So I'm just I'm just going off for a bit. Is yeah. that all right? <laughs> no, you're no. staying here. Just just deep <laughs> breath. Just just focus yourself and have some inner calm, Quentin. Okay. It's okay, it'll be over soon. Okay. Dear Auntie Philippa and Uncle Quentin. My question this week is about farming. I am not sure that the farm I am attached to is a good business and wondered what you thought would be the best thing for us to farm. Thank you, as always, Anon of Ambridge. Well, Anon, I'm intrigued as to which farm you are attached to. I'm intrigued what the word attached means. But my advice would be just to do the exact opposite of what they do at Brookfield. So they're into buying these trees now, which is probably at the top of the market after every farmer's already got them. And I can only imagine the price of trees is so high, it's going to be the next bad thing. Um, I would say diversify. Again, that's what a lot of farms don't seem to do. And just just look, the minute Brookfield announced they're going to do something, make sure you sell out of what, whatever that is. That would that would be my suggestion with my incredible technical farming knowledge. And your hatred of Pip. <laughs> well, hatred's a strong word, but she does wind me up. Anon, I would say just pick up the phone and talk to Rory, really. 
Because <laughs> he seemed to have his head screwed on about farming. Um, he came up with some very good ideas, didn't he, for home farm, which uh, riled Adam, which mm. was uh, d- doubly enjoyable. So um, I, th- I think home farm is is what they do at home farm is probably what you should be following uh, because they seem to be the most successful farm, wouldn't you say, Philippa, on the whole? Yes, I mean... Or maybe Bridge Farm as well, yeah. Oh, no, yeah. yeah. No, I think Home Farm, to me, seems the the most successful by by far. Well, I mean, Anon says, what's the best thing for us to farm? Well, according to Stella at the board meeting last week, it's all about soil management, isn't it? Yes, And solar energy and all this. But, I mean, as Jane Bramley pointed out last week, she got the silver tweet was, why don't they just do some farming? Yes, quite. Home Farm. So, yeah, call, call Rory. Yes, that sounds like a very sensible thing to do. So thank you, Anon of Ambridge. We look forward to hearing from you soon. Just just maybe not next week with Joy. <laughs> Jackie on, please, Anon of Ambridge. Why should you get why should you get a week off? <laughs> because we're gonna miss you know, we're gonna miss you, Quentin. And oh, in the emotional torment of that, mm. I, I I think another email from Anon of Ambridge would just push me over the edge. So Anon of Ambridge, if you don't mind pausing it for one week, that that would be wonderful. Anyway, <laughs> thank you for your calls and emails and texts. We we do value them so much. Keep them coming, please. Selling a little or a lot. Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction. And free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements. Featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. And so to Facebook and our lovely Dumpty Dum community there as we sit back for the weekly roundup with our Stephen. Hello you two, Stephen here with the Social Media Roundup after another busy week in Ambridge. After her triumph at the Borchester Land Meeting last week, the new home farm manager found herself in another confrontation on Sunday. This time it was with Philippa Rose Archer, better known as Pip. 
Rob Williams asked, Stella versus Pip, whose side are you on and what do you think the outcome will be? Witherspoon was in no doubt. Pip in the right, Stella in the wrong. Pip tried to be accommodating as possible and Stella was rude. And we've yet to know who was right about the grazing fields. Fiona Crawford was equally clear. Pip has always been annoying and entitled, so I'm on Team Stella. Andrew Richards tried to steer a middle path. For me, it's too early to take sides. My guess is someone has agreed Brookfield can use the land, and it has either been forgotten or miscommunicated. Joanne Richardson noted, It might have been gracious if Stella had introduced herself first. Then there was a chance they could have got off to a better start. True. But where would be the fun in that? On Wednesday, we were promised that Russ would find himself in an uncomfortable position. What did Dumpty Dummers think that would involve? No idea, said Sarah Evans, but I'm looking forward to Russ in an uncomfortable position. Another life-drawing class? Drew Hamilton had an alternative thought. Pinned underneath Chelsea's motorcycle is an uncomfortable position. Fingers crossed. In the end, it wasn't either of those possibilities, but Chelsea's dealings with Lily and Russ this week were greatly appreciated by some. Adam Rayner said, Chelsea has to be my current favourite character. He gave a great example of her wit and wisdom. What I do at college is my own business, not Downton Abbey's. Joan Dines Reynolds is also a fan. Chelsea is a chip off the old block. Like Tracy, she says what we're all thinking and with a creative vocabulary. Has me guffawing over my coffee. Joe Edwards wasn't so sure. Everyone seems to love her, but I think she's hideous. It's like she's 13, not 17. Philip Pilipovich agreed. As far as I can see, she has no saving graces that I can discern whatsoever. I am certain I would not have liked her when I was 17. Obviously a very good actress. That would be uh, Madeleine Lele, who plays Chelsea. But Nina White had no such concerns. I love Chelsea. She just needs people to believe in her and to believe in herself. John Crow summed up the controversy neatly. She's a mini Tracy, for better or worse. Thursday's episode brought us Martin Gibson proposing to employ Blake as a handyman at Barrow. Had he had a personality transplant since the board meeting? Shirley Farrant-Anstey was not convinced. A leopard doesn't change its spots. There must be something in it for him. If it means he scores do-gooder points, that's a bonus for him. But he'll do a U-turn if he needs to, watching him very carefully. Lynn Rafferty agreed. No personality transplant. He's only thinking of fixing the reputational damage to BL. Janice Betson found something positive to think about the situation. He just wants to make sure that he will be seen to have done something to help Philip Moss's victims. But if it helps, Blake, that's good. Finally, Monday was a special day for some Dumpty Dummers. Angie Rafter posted, Happy Canadian Thanksgiving to all the Dumpty Dum peeps out there. I'm thankful to have this community. And the whole social media team is thankful to all of you for joining in the discussions on the Dumpty Dum Facebook page, one of the friendliest places on Facebook. And with that, I'll hand you back to the studio. Thank you, Stephen. Love it when you say back to the studio. And thank you to everyone who's posted their thoughts on the Dum Dum Facebook group. What a great community. Do join us there. We'd love to see you. We would. Uh, don't forget, we're also on Twitter under at Dumpty Dum. 
Our great team always include the Archers hashtag and they always use a capital T and A so the visually impaired can enjoy any Archers-based tweets as well. Like them, try and include at Dumpty Dum as well so we can all see your tweets and keep our community growing. And as well as at Dumpty Dum, we're both on Twitter. I can be found at QuickBook Reviews. How about you, Quentin? You'll find me at 13 Minute Man, 1 3 Minute Man. So now it's time, talking of Twitter, to crown our tweeters of the week. We've got three good ones here, and uh, Amy might feature a bit. We have <laughs> in, <laughs> in Bronze Place, one of my favourites, Sally Ronaldson at Milan Fred. And she suggests this. Just imagining a scene with Adam and Amy, announcer. The following programme contains some scenes of dullness that some people might find upsetting. <laughs> Spot yeah. on there, Sally. Yes, that's a bronze winning tweet. So thank you for that, Sally. In silver, we've heard from Dawn Oliver at Felix Keeps On. And she says, perhaps Amy's new job could be a crusher of people's dreams. <laughs> <laughs> yes good good nice one dawn that gets you silver uh and in gold now this man has really put in the hours the training he's uh, his efforts have so far won him a bronze we've just heard him on the social roundup it's stephen bowden who has finally finally <gasps> clinched stephen, gold well done let's hear it go on he's at wenlock house and stephen has come up with this. If only we had known, I'm sure we would have volunteered to help Russ with his hang. We could even bring our own rope. <laughs> oh. So thank you, Stephen. Uh, anybody who puts the boot into Russ catches my eye, but no, um, he's worked hard, Stephen, for this honour. So congratulations, Stephen. And now being British, we hate talking about money, don't we? But there are costs involved in keeping the podcast afloat. So if you'd be interested in supporting Dumpty Dum, we would be ever so grateful. Yep, you can do this via the Patreon tipping system, which you can find on the Dumpty Dum website, or by going to patreon.com and typing in Dumpty Dum. It all helps deliver this podcast to your ears every week, which we think you uh, quite enjoy by the looks of it. Equally importantly, it gets Roy Field off our backs, doesn't it, Philippa? It certainly does. And don't forget, next week we have Jackie Lai, who plays Joy, uh, joining me for Dumpty Dum while Quentin is away on his Hollybob. So please send in your calls as soon as possible. Um, questions, um, comments, whatever, do send them in as soon as possible in the usual way so that I can get preparing. And thanks again to the Paul family in New York for their original dum-de-dum tune and to Bill, Mia, Glyn, Claire, Witherspoon, Catherine, Matthew, Purple Pumpkin and Anon of Ambridge for their calls, emails and texts. Thanks also to our social media supremos, Cosmo, who announced this week he's been listening to The Archers for 60 years. So we thank Cosmo for his podcast roundups, which you can find on the website. Shambridge for her wonderful voices, Mike Hatton for his character counts, and to our podcasting parents, Lucy V. Freeman and Mr. Royfield Brown. So what will be revealed next week? Will Martin Gibson be referred to a specialist for split personality-itis? Will Adam pull himself away from moaning about his commute to work and remember he has a family? Will Justin tell Lillian that investing in Shuler's stables might not have the marketing oomph that a race, horse or luxury boat might produce? And will Chelsea launch her own hairdressers to replace the much-missed Borset Barnett? My money 
is on Felbisham follicles. All will be revealed. So it's a (laughs) bye-bye from me. Uh, And it's a very good bye from me. And I'll see you in a couple of weeks. And make sure you get those questions in for joy. I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Normally, being a little extra might be a bit much, but not when it comes to healthcare. That's why United Healthcare's Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, supplement your primary plan so you manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com.